Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You know, last week we talked about taking another step further in prayer. And we'll be in that same mindset. And some, we're not really doing really review, but it's going to connect to what we shared last week. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. The word ordained means prepared beforehand in mind and purpose. It means to make ready beforehand. Ephesians 2, 10 in the Amplified Classic Edition says it this way. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So there are assignments that God has planned for us to fulfill. And there are places he has called for us to operate in. There are assignments that God has planned for us to fulfill. And there are places he has called us to operate in. Now, this is a wide-ranging subject when it concerns places and assignments. But what we're going to key in today is there are prayer assignments and places in the spirit that God has called you to. Go ahead, put this in the chat and say it out loud. Say there are prayer assignments and places in the spirit that God has called me to. Go ahead, put that in the chat. Say there are prayer assignments and places in the spirit that God has called me to. It's an assignment in place of watching that is to be fulfilled by you. Some of these places and assignments, they are places and assignments of watching that are to be fulfilled by you. As we shared previously, we talked about last week, and usually anytime I talk about prayer, is prayer is twofold. Prayer is communication with God, and there is a side of prayer where God is working through your praying. We said prayer is twofold. Prayer is communication with God, and there's a side of prayer where God is working through your praying. Let's go to Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. There are prayer assignments and places in the spirit that God has called you to. It's an assignment in place of watching that it should be fulfilled by you. And that if you don't take that place, and let me be more specific, if you don't take your place, there will be things that happen that don't have to happen. There are things that could have been prevented that will happen. There could be things that could have been lessened that will come forth in full force because you didn't take your place. And there are things you could have prepared for, but you're not ready because you didn't take your place. And notice I'm talking about your place. You know, sometimes we think about places of prayer and places in the spirit. Oh, yeah, that prayer warrior, they got a place. Oh, pastor's got a place. Oh, that prophet's got a place. Oh, that you have a place. God has prepared a place for you. God has prepared an assignment for you. But are you accessing that place in prayer? Are you accessing that assignment? Are you taking your place in the heavenly places? Are you taking your spot? Notice what it says in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Continue in prayer and watch in the same, which means watch in prayer, with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also unbound in bonds. The word watch here means to take heed, lest through remission and indulgence some destructive calamity suddenly overtake one. 
The word watch here means to take heed, pay attention, lest the remission and indulgence, or you not taking watch or taking heed, some destructive calamity suddenly overtake one. Go to Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. Look at this last week. You know, watching is like if I don't watch, things could happen because I wasn't on my watch. Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. Notice what God says through the prophet. I have set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence and give him no rest till he establish, till he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. And so we talked about taking another step forward in prayer and being consistent in our prayer life last week and in the previous weeks in October, we talked about how to pray effectively for your family and your loved ones. But notice the phrase the prophet uses, the watchman, somebody on the wall watching. What was the purpose of a watchman in ancient times? Very similar to those who are guard, people who are guarding areas. Or even think about those who now in our days of technology who are monitoring via computers and radar seeing what is coming in, how they can prevent it, how they can strike it down. A watchman had a position so they could see far, they can alert others, and they could stop attacks. What happens if the watchman fell asleep? What happens if the watchman didn't take their place? It would be that definition from Colossians 4, destructive calamity suddenly overtaking someone. There is a place for you to occupy in the spirit. There is a prayer assignment that God has granted you that if you take that place, you'll see, yes, the benefits in your life, but those benefits will splash on many others. There's a part for you to play. There's a place for you to occupy. There's an assignment for you to fulfill in prayer. And if this is making sense for you, go ahead and put it in the chat. If you're watching a place and put it in the chat, say, this makes sense to me. There's a place for you. There's a spot for you. There's an assignment for you. But you must fulfill your assignment. You must take your place in prayer. You know, when... Uh, over the last few weeks, actually, this was before doing our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I was praying about some things, some things that have been on my mind, and I was praying for a certain group of people and a certain individuals and different things, and I got to one group of people, one couple I was thinking of, and the Lord said, I'm going to hold you responsible. Now, I'm not in charge of what they do, but you know what I'm in charge of? Praying for them. And he was telling me that if you don't pray for them like you should, I'm going to hold you responsible. And so that was a reminder that I need to pray even more and make sure I'm in the spirit praying for that person, for that couple, so that I'm doing my part and their success in the kingdom of God. Of course, they have a responsibility, but also I have a responsibility when it comes to prayer. And how many of us have laid down our prayer assignment because we got distracted? How many of us have laid down our place in the spirit in prayer because of other things? I remember years and years ago, there was a person God had me praying for. They were in government. I didn't know them. I've never met them. I just knew their name and it was in my heart. And he prayed for them every day. And so I did for a long period of time. But then eventually years passed. I kind of forgot about them. And then I remember I was living in another place and I walked into the gym and I saw on TV that person's name across the screen caught up in some type of scandal. I never met them before. Don't know who did it. If I met them in person, they would not know me. But it was my responsibility to pray for them. I wondered, could my prayers have averted some of those things? Yes, they have personal responsibility. But we have responsibility in prayer. 
And as we share more in this message, there are some things that don't have to happen if we pray. There are some things that could be lessened if we pray. And there can be some things we can prepare for and avoid if we pray. But there's so many things that just keep happening in our lives, in our communities, in our world, because we're a prayerless church or we don't pray as often as we should and get over into the spirit often enough, as we've been talking about in faith in the morning this week, as we should. Our prayer life should be impacting things. Like I said, we have to get beyond those quick prayers. God bless me, my poor, no more. Quick prayers, God help me. Those are good prayers. But we have to go further in our prayer life. Like we talked last week, take another step forward in prayer. And as I was preparing for this message and praying about this message earlier this week and thinking about it, the Lord reminded me of a dream he gave to Lady Raquel last year. And so I want to share with you a clip of her sharing that dream. Some of you remember that original message when we shared about it and talked about it. But I want you to hear that dream again. Let it speak to your spirit. Remind you of things God wants you to do. And I'll jump right back into teaching. Earlier this year, I believe it was in the month of March, I had this dream. And because I am a believer and I know what the Word of God says and I... Uh, because of my ministry gift as well, and uh, just just being a child of God, I knew after having this dream that it was something that I was supposed to pray about, and I remember waking up in the morning and telling telling my husband, Pastor Carrick, and he he told me we were going to pray, and he let me know that in time he wanted me to share this dream with the congregation. And that is what I am going to do today. I am going to share a dream that the Lord gave me prior to us finding out about COVID-19. This was before we knew what was happening. And um, and, and we're, that's what we're going to talk about. And we're just going to, after hearing about this dream, we're going to talk about how to be in place, to remain in place, and stay alert. So in the dream, it was like many cities that were on this hill or this mountain, (laughs) just like what we read about in the Bible. And it was surrounded by water. The cities, I mean, this, this hill, this large hill, if it was a hill, I would say mountain. It was surrounded by water. And the cities, they almost looked like cities in medieval times. They had borders that were made of stone. Each one had a a watchtower. There wasn't electricity in these cities, so the lights uh, were produced using fire. And when you looked out over this mountain or this hill, all you saw were lights everywhere. You saw lights, you saw cities, you saw life. Now in this city of mine, it was my job, my responsibility to be on in the watchtower. So I was higher up, and my job was to look out and to alert, to alert everyone if there was any danger, or just just to alert them, just depending on you know what it was that I was assigned to alert them about. However, in the dream. I actually wasn't even in the watchtower. The beginning of this dream for me, I was down with the people and I was with my children. I have smaller children and um, my youngest, who is two, she had uh, quite a few health challenges at the beginning of her life, so it required a lot from me. 
in that moment, for me personally, the Lord spoke to me in the dream. I'm in the dream, and the Holy Spirit's speaking to me while I'm in the dream, saying to trust Him with my children. And so I did, and, and I'm not even really sure who they went away with, but my children ended up walking away so that I could go in the watchtower, and I knew that they would be okay. So now I'm in place. I'm in the watchtower, and I'm looking out, and it's night, so it's dark, but of course I can see all the lights from the city. And then all of a sudden I hear this wonderful sound, and I turn, and I see these really sparkly, really flashy, it was like, oh, I don't really know how to describe what I saw, but it was extremely entertaining. It was colorful, it was flashy, it was glittery, it was loud in a in a good way. <laughs> it made music that you enjoyed and it was small, but it was it was creating quite the commotion. Everyone was kind of turning towards it, drawing towards it, and I was too. Now I'm supposed to be looking out at the water, but instead I'm turning and I'm looking at what everybody else is looking at. This 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 entertaining thing and there was a moment where there was kind of like a crack in some of the I guess devices or pieces that were connected and I know I'm not doing as as well of a job as I would like describing this distraction in particular but just know it was a distraction so there was a moment where there was like a crack that I could see because of where I was at and I think just mainly maybe because of just um, the Lord just allowing me to, to see. And I saw it was a little demon inside of all of that. And it was a demon controlling all of that. And I knew in that moment that it was on purpose. It was by design. This was strategic. And in er, with this urgency, I definitely turned around and I looked out towards the sea because I think I knew even before seeing what was out there, I think I knew when I saw what was happening and I saw it was a demon, I just knew that something was going on while my back was turned. So I turned around and I saw this huge darkness. Like it was like a wave and it was very, very high. And it was this huge darkness that was coming and it was gonna overtake like the whole mountain. And so I shouted, not sure the specifics there, but I just know I called out and I let everyone know what was coming. And then everyone in my city took their place. They all went to the borders and we, the whole border was surrounded and both hands were out, kind of like this. And I believe, it. to me, I believe they were praying, but they were in position and they were ready. That darkness came and we were fine. We were protected. There were, there was a hedge. It was like a, like a dome over us. But at the end, I looked back out at the mountain and there were so few lights left. Now there were so many, this was such a well lit mountain. It's almost like many of us, even if we've never been to Las Vegas, we know it's like the city of lights, lots of lights there, right? 
uh, like like maybe um, on the strip. Now imagine that area with just like a few lights. Or even if it, even if the few lights was a lot of lights, you know, it's just like that's a huge difference. So it was a huge difference. Amen. We are watchmen on the walls, just like you shared in the dream. We all have a place. I still remember when she had that dream, and you know, she woke me up in the night because that dream ended with a thunderclap in real life. And she's like, "Hey, did you hear that?" I said, "Yeah, that was just you know thunder. You know, everything's okay." It's like, no, and she began to tell me about the dream. And I remember her describing in the dream how she was seeing people pray. She could see different members, specifically individually, different people. She knew who they were. They were praying. And she would talk about how they had their hands outstretched and they're praying and things could not happen because of their prayers. We as individuals have places in the spirit. But we as a body of believers, as a local church, have a place in the spirit we must occupy. And we do it as individuals as we consistently come to our place of prayer. And then as God leads us in times of prayer, as we gather, we are also causing things to happen. We are holding back things. We are speeding up things. We're taking down things. We're lifting up things. As we talked about last week, we are making the straight, making the road, the path for us straight. Prayer is important. Go ahead and put that in the chat. Say prayer is important. It's not just important for your personal life so that you're good. Remember, it's twofold. It is communion and fellowship and with God, but that's also part of prayer where God is working through your prayer. Your prayer life shouldn't just bless you, it should impact others. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 26, 41, and we'll read it from the New Living Translation. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, let's go there. It's important that we watch and pray. Go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It says, pray always with all prayer, as we talked about last week, all types of prayer, and supplication in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So remember, he is saying, praying always with all types of prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watch. Why? Watch in prayer, watching these types of prayer with perseverance. Keep at it. Keep pressing in in prayer for all saints. It's important. Let's go to Mark chapter 13. Let's look at this parable Jesus said. And then we'll look at some Peter said as we begin to bring this to a close. Mark chapter 13. Start with verse 32. We'll read it from the New King James. Jesus said, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. Take heed, watch and pray. Go ahead, put that in the chat. Say watch and pray. Go ahead, put that in the chat. Say it out loud. Say watch and pray. For you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants. We've been given authority by Jesus. We've been given the right to use his name. And to each his work, we've all been given our own work, our assignments, our callings and purpose. And commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all. So you can't say, oh, he's just talking to the disciples back then. No, he's talking to everybody. 
Go ahead, put that in the chat. Say he's talking to me. Go ahead, put in that chat. Say he's talking to me. Say it out loud. Say he's talking to me. Put that in the chat. Say he's talking to me. He says, what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Take your place in prayer. Take your place in the spirit and watch and pray. Go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. And notice Jesus connected to the need for us watching and praying for those who are living at the end of time, the end of this age. It's important. And Peter echoes on this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. King James says it this way, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. The new King James says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. The New Living Translation says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. There are prayer assignments you must take up. There are places of prayer you must occupy. Your effectiveness in these areas is attached to your consistency and your yielding to the spirit. I'll say it again. There are prayer assignments you must take up. There are places of prayer you must occupy. Your effectiveness in these areas is attached to your consistency and your yielding to the spirit. So you got consistent. That means often you're praying this daily. You're taking time to pray. And sometimes some days you have longer to pray than you do for others. But you make sure the days where you got more time, you take that time. And on days we don't have as much time, you take as much time as you have. But you are daily, consistently, often occupying these places of prayer, going beyond just your four no more and what you need to make it through the day, but yielding to the assignment God gives you. Now, you don't have to publish on Facebook, God is giving the prayer assignment to call for so-and-so. No, that's between you and Jesus. Whatever he gives you to do, you write it down so you don't forget it because we're human. We forget stuff. You write it down and you make sure you cover that every single day. Now, what happens is, you know, especially if you do it for a while, sometimes we get over into our head. Okay, cool. I got to pray for so-and-so today. All right. This is my assignment. Da -da 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 -da. Hey, cool. Hey, that is effective, but we can't get out of the spirit with a spirit-given prayer assignment. Yes, we pray what we know with our understanding, but we're always praying, whether we're praying with our understanding or in the spirit, listening to our heart. What does God want us to say? What does God want us to pray? How can I be more effective in my prayer time? Not just rushing through it, but taking some time and listening on the inside. There are prayer assignments you must take up. There are places of prayer you must occupy. Your effectiveness in these areas is attached to your consistency and your yielding to the spirit in your prayer. You listening and you yielding. There may be some things where I'm gonna pray about this prayer assignment this way every single day. But then there'll be a time the spirit of God says, uh-uh, I want you to cover this. And you might say, well, I have eight things to pray for this assignment. But for whatever reason, you just can't get beyond number one. That's what the Lord keeps bringing you back to. Then you spend your time praying for that prayer assignment on number one. And then when your time runs out, you move to whatever he wants you to do next. You stay with that until you pray it out. You're not just getting in your head about it. You're operating by the spirit of God who lives on the inside of you. He will lead you and guide you into all truth and show you things to come. And so when I was, you know, taking my extended time of prayer this week, you know, I went to the Lord remind me of a prayer devotional that I have on my device from Lynn Hammond. It's, I think it's like 365 days of prayer. Um, it might be called Prayer Secrets. And I went to day one, I was reading it. 
And it spoke to me, and I want to share it with you, the devotional by Lynn Hammond. And Lynn Hammond is a person I've learned a lot from in prayer, in person, and uh, meeting her in person, talking with her in person. I still remember one time that she was speaking. I was working for Bishop of the Church in Austin, Texas, and uh, we were assigned to pick her up from the airport and take her to the hotel and take her to the church and all the different things. And my wife and I were driving, Pastor Lynn and the person with her. And, you know, this time, you know, we were in a time of drought in Texas. And it got so bad that certain cities were having fire damage, fires moving. So we were driving from the airport on the highway. And you could see that there was, you know, some places in between the median where the grass was that were either recently smoldering or maybe still with a slight fire. You could see the smoke rising. And so she asked us, said, well, you know, uh, we're talking about the need for rain and said, you know, I said, yeah, we hope that'll rain soon. And she kind of looked at, she, you know, she was in the backseat and says, we don't hope, we believe. And she got quiet for a moment. And so I'm just looking, you know, through the rear view as it as a driving. She just closed her eyes. About 30 seconds later, it starts raining. And I'm Elvarine later recovered. Did you see that? Did you see that? She's like, yeah, I saw it. No, no, did you see that? It rained all night. It rained through the next day. And so I learned a lot from her about prayer. Whether it's reading her books, whether it's in person, whether it's going to conferences she's taught at, whether looking at some of the stuff you taught up on YouTube or things she has on her website. And so I've learned a lot from her about prayer. And so a couple years ago, we were having a prayer meeting here. Pastor Marcus Tanker was coming and Reverend Dexter Sullivan, and we were talking about the prayer meeting. Pastor Marcus took some time and called Pastor Lynn about what was going on, what he was preparing for. And he says, oh, yes. He said, yeah, I'm having at Faith Christian Center. He said, yes, I know them. They're a church that knows how to do business with God. So if you guys need anything for this prayer conference, you let me know. Now, one of the things is not just, oh, man, we're a church can do business with God. We're effective in prayer. It's a prayer assignment. It lets us know that God has a purpose for us. And yes, we've done many great things together in prayer. But we have to go forward. We have to go higher. There's more things God has for us to do that we can do business with him. What does it mean? We're partnering with him to bring about change in our community, in our area, in our state, and beyond. So I want to read to you this devotional. It's called Places Are Calling. And she had part of Revelation chapter 4 verse 1 on there. And says, after these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here. She says, every committed believer I know is sensing the upward call of the Lord these days. All who are tuned into the voice of the spirit are hearing him say in one way or another, come up. The level of spiritual sensitivity and power we enjoyed in times past simply isn't satisfactory anymore. God has given us a deeper hunger for a greater relationship with him. He is igniting within us a fiery desire to more powerfully advance the kingdom of God. Why? Because the end of this age is rapidly approaching. There is a great and mighty work for the Lord that needs to be done, and we must come up to higher spiritual places to do it. We must come up to higher places in God. She said some years ago during a prayer meeting in Colorado, a prophetic declaration came forth that perfectly captured what is happening right now with three unforgettable words, places are calling. Oh, how true that is today. So many places and positions in the realm of the spirit are calling out to be occupied by members of the body of Christ. Every single child of God has a calling to fulfill in this earth. Every one of us has a spiritual supply to give, prayers to pray, and territory to occupy for Jesus. We all have vital parts to play and places to fill in this end time work of God. In our hearts, every one of us can sense it. We have all heard, however faintly, our God-ordained places calling to us.
Now it is time for us to answer. It is time for us to come up. We all have different places and assignments to occupy. Every single one of us. But we must answer the call. Your prayer assignment may be different from someone else, but your faithfulness is needed. So, well, you know, it doesn't matter if I really do it. It actually does. And I want to read to you from another book by Kenneth Hagin. It's called The Triumphant Church. And I believe this is chapter 10. And Kenneth Hagin, I did have the honor of meeting him before he went home to the Lord in 2003. And Kenneth Hagin is the man who trained Bishop, who is the one who trained me. And so I want to read to you from chapter 10. It's called The Vision of the Frogs. He said, I had two very similar and unusual spiritual experiences, one in 1970 and the other in 1979. That showed me how real our responsibility is to pray for our nation and for the world. In both visions, I saw three huge black frog-like creatures coming up out of the Atlantic Ocean. They looked like huge frogs, except they were much larger, about the size of whales. In the first vision in 1970, I saw these dark beings come out of the Atlantic, and they seemed to leap all the way across the land. In the second vision in 1979, I again saw three frog-like creatures, and one of those creatures came up out of the water and looked like it was about to land on our shores. Then he said, you need to know how to interpret spiritual visions. Because these creatures came out of the ocean doesn't mean they came up out of a literal ocean. From Genesis to Revelation, seas or waters often symbolizes a multitude of people. In the first vision, I knew that the three frog-like creatures leaping across our country meant that three strategies of the devil would rise out of the multitude of peoples against our nation. The first strategy of Satan would be riots and disturbances. The second would be political upheaval, he says in parentheses, Watergate, as it turned out. And the third, problems in the economic sector of our nation. These evil strategies from the enemy don't arise from the Christian population. They come from the masses of those walking in darkness because sinners are held in bondage and dominated by the devil in the kingdom of darkness. He goes on and says, in the second vision, 1979, Jesus said to me, if the Christians of this nation had done what I told them to do in my word and had prayed for the leaders of the country, and they, they could have kept those evil spirits you saw in 1970 from operating in this nation, none of the up, those upheavals would have occurred in your nation. You would not have had the political, social, economic disturbances in this nation, and the president never would have made the mistakes he made. In fact, I'm holding the church responsible for the president's mistakes. He said, when I heard Jesus say that, I cried out, my God and began to weep. Jesus continued, yes, the church is responsible before God Almighty. I know when you tell that to some Christians, they will laugh, but you wait until they stand before my judgment seat and see if they laugh when they are the ones who will receive the judgment. Jesus was saying that Christians could have stopped those evil strategies of the devil by taking their place in prayer based on the word of God. Christians have authority on the earth in Jesus' name, and if Christians had prayed for those in authority, America would not have had the riots or political and economic upheavals we experienced in our nation in the 1970s. In this vision, 1979, I saw those other frogs about to land on our shores again, and Jesus said to me, you can see that the three similar evil strategies of the devil are about to happen again in this nation. First, unless Christians pray, there will arise another time of riots and tumults and disturbances all across the nation coming from different causes than the disturbances of the early 1970s. Second, he said, something is about to happen to your president that should not happen and will not happen if Christians will pray and take authority over the devil's strategies and bind his works in my name. And third, unless Christians pray, there's something about to happen that will bring further trouble in the economic scene and in the financial structure of this nation. 
Jesus concluded, once again, Christians can stop all three of these strategies of the devil against this nation. They can stop the upheaval through riots, tumults, and disturbances in the social structure. They can stop the upheaval and activity of the devil in the political scene of their nation. And they can stop the devil from disrupting the financial scene of their nation. Dad Hagen concludes the section saying, Many Christians did pray, and the plan of the enemy was greatly averted and thwarted. Because Christians stood in their place of authority in Jesus' name and began to pray and exercise the authority of the devil, God intervened on our behalf. You have to see, places are calling for you to occupy. But if you don't occupy, things will happen. There are things we can stop in prayer. There are things we can lessen in prayer. And there are some things that may not be able to be stopped, but we can prepare for in prayer. As individuals, and as a church, and as a global body, we must give the appropriate place to prayer. It's vitally important in these days and these times that we are people of prayer. That we almost like the Psalmist David, when it says, I give myself to prayer. That, you know, part of that is italicized. It's from the Hebrew, which just means I am prayer. It's identifying with prayer. We have to give ourselves to prayer more often more consistently, we must take up our prayer assignments. We must occupy our places in the spirit, our places in prayer. And yes, it'll bless you. It'll bless your family. But it'll cause change in your community. It'll cause when you go to prayer, things to change in the realm of the spirit quickly and faster than it would if you just vacation in that place in the spirit, that you go there every once in a while or only during times of prayer and fasting. These are places that you must occupy. And as we're about to pray in a moment, I pray that God reminds you of assignments he's given you, places that you're to occupy, things that you're to carry in the spirit on a regular basis so that change can happen in your life, in your neighborhood, in your community, in our city, our metro area, our state, and beyond. Praise God. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you because you are good and your mercy endures forever. We thank you for loving us we thank you for protecting us. We thank you for strengthening us. We thank you for reminding us and encouraging us and correcting us tonight. Father, I ask that you remind us all of places in the spirit, prayer assignments we're supposed to take up and somehow forgotten about or laid aside. Father, we ask for mercy. We ask for forgiveness. And we ask that you remind us and strengthen us and enable us to stand in those places so we can partner with you and you can work through our prayer. Father, help us not just to be hearers of this word tonight, but to be doers of the word so we can be blessed in our doing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.